I V M. Welcome to another episode of IVM Likes, guys. Woo! <laughs> You're supposed to be excited about this. Oh, I know, I know, actually. <laughs> She's new. <laughs> yeah. Give her time. I'm Sharanya, and today I'm in the studio with Naveen and Kavita. Hi, Kavita. Hi, Sharanya. How are you feeling, Kavita? <laughs> uh, I don't do this really often, you know. So yeah. We, you've been on a show once, right? Yes. We did uh, a lady special. Yes. Yeah, lady special. Oh my god, that was in March, guys. <laughs> yes. in very, very long ago. By now, I should have been a pro at this, but sadly not. At I least can't... in meet you in winter. That's a nice thing to do. <laughs> I'm just uh, I've I've just gotten out of a bad cold and so you're going uh, to sound I'm recuperating. <laughs> <laughs> All right so obviously we're in December already end mm-hmm. of the year uh and we are soon going to get into our uh lists and all of those of best of the year worst of the year I don't even remember what I did this year. I really will have to go and listen to old episodes of IVM Next to realize what I recommended and watched this year. It was a daze for most parts. Like it was just it like was catching daze. up with the fact that some celebrities would like died, and then realizing that most of the celebrities would like are now rapists. Awful people, yeah. So like that was just like what this year was all about. That is true. That it's a big year of revelations and stuff. Yeah. That's a good pop culture moment, actually. In a in a year, like this is the year we out outstrid all rapists. Yeah, like we we came of age in our own way, like as fans. Yeah, as a kingdom. Yeah, we we realized that we can't anymore rely on these people to entertain us, so we entertain ourselves. That's awesome. All right, so today we are going to do our regular round of um, recommendations. We've got a book, a movie, and a TV show, and then in our second segment, we are going to talk about food. Not specifically the food we're eating, just shows and food we can't actually eat on television. Yes. Cooking shows and uh, food shows and YouTube. And how channels. they make it look so good, also. Yeah, fun. Like there's some debunking videos also that go on behind. But those that are for ads, right? Like you know the mashed yeah, potato for yeah, ice cream yeah, yeah, uh, myth. Yeah. It is true, obviously. But those are for ads only. Mashed potato has been around for like a lot of stuff. If you want the deuce, oh, yeah. they, they use it as <laughs> as cum. Yeah. Uh, Let's be adults about it. Uh, <laughs> In like yeah, it makes sense. Potatoes yeah. are like such evergreen vegetables; <laughs> they can be used in any industry. Yeah, step away, uh, coconuts. <laughs> All right, let's start with our other recommendations with Naveen. Okay, so I'm recommending a book called Sleepers. Uh, I don't know how many of you have heard of it. It's a book by Lorenzo Carcaterra. This is a true story on which then a movie was made in '96, and it had Brad Pitt in it as well. Like it was mm. a young, very young Brad Pitt. '96. Mm, yeah, supporting mm. role Brad Pitt. You know, so this uh, book was about this bunch of guys growing up in New York, uh, four of them. And they're all growing up like in the proper hell's kitchen area, mm. oh, okay. where where you know like Italians live and and everybody like if there's a broken uh, pipe somewhere they all run to take a bath in that <laughs> stuff, and yeah. all of them have abusive fathers yeah. and they beat their wives up and everything and they all so these four kids find company in each other and they hang out they sunbathe in the roof and everything life's good mm. except one day one uh, this, these kids are also up up to nothing basically they are all Catholics they mm. all go to church and everything they all altar boys, but one fine day they decide. To do something naughty, they want to steal hot dogs. Hmm. But how he decided to do it is by tricking the guy by stealing one hot dog. So after he runs after you, the remaining three will take the cart and push it along. Okay. So they start doing that, but the hot dog guy catches up with them, and they, in a haste to get down the subway, end up losing the cart, and that almost kills the guy. Oh. And these kids are now young, so they are sent to a remand house, like a correctional institute, hmm. and. None of them have ever been inside the institute, and they don't know what's happening inside. And that's when, like, we take a leap into the future, and okay. we see see them as adults. And, and they're out of the thing now. Yeah, yeah. And they've all grown up, and they all like have their own different lives. 
and then one of these kids is now trying to like put this whole mystery together as to what what happened to them back when they were young because a lot of this is a repressed memory as well oh, and they were very brutally treated like a lot of shit happened to them okay. and they're now trying to find murder those guys oh, so, so of, basically they were carefree children who were brutalized in this institution yeah. and they don't remember it so now they're putting it back so they can go take revenge no no so two of them have memory of that one guy oh. is trying to put that together I thought they were just doing it for like personal therapy no no so one guy was too young one guy was too young at that point okay. and two of them have grown up to become proper crooks so uh, they murder oh. the guy they murder the guy who wronged them and aye, then there's aye, a court aye. case aye, so aye, second aye. half of the book is basically like them trying to mm. uh, get these two guys off the hook for for murdering that guy because of what happened to them back then so yeah, it's a very intense uh, crime drama uh, court case mm. kind of oh, okay. uh, book uh, it's very intense it's not too heavy either and uh, You can check it out. You've seen the movie and the, I, I yeah, mean, yeah. I saw the movie the book, on HBO once, and hmm. then I didn't have a recollection of it until I read the book, and I was like, "Shit, yeah, this is that story." It's like you know, loss of innocence and, correct, and uh, a lot of that. And Kevin Bacon especially is very menacing in this, so huh. it's, it's it's what his face is. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Sleepers by Lorenzo Carcaterra. Awesome. All right, Kavita, give us your recommendation. So today I'd like to recommend a Brit documentary film. Actually, uh, I'm a big fan of sport, more so cricket, and so this film is called Fire in Babylon. It's basically about the rise of uh, Caribbean cricket way back in the 70s and 80s, and how they came from you know wherever you know Caribbean cricketers come from to becoming the force they became in the 80s. They obviously dominated you know world cricket yeah. for over 20 years. You've seen like the likes of you know. Courtney Ambrose, you know Courtney Walsh, you know Joel Garner, you know all of these big names, and uh, obviously you know cricket is a white collar sport, yeah. and to have uh, you know the underdogs, and especially when you you know belong to you know a country like or or of course all the varied like islands there, you are obviously not being looked at as. Uh, there's obviously a lot of like racial discrimination, Elitism. right? Yeah. Of course, and uh, it is, it yeah. is. I mean, how else do you have like 22 people playing over five days yeah. uh, in whites? You know, uh, uh, just with a really tea break. with a tea break, <laughs> and you know, uh, all those kind of fancy things, right? And so, obviously, you know, this film is about that, and it, you know, managed to capture the essence of what cricket or what sport. can do to hmm. bring you know people together hmm. and and what they did so and you know actually one of the things about it is that it's got some really really in depth like interviews a great idea of you know what what cricket was back mm. then to see uh, you know a, a lot of these sportsmen who who come from ve- not very privileged backgrounds right, right. Mm. and uh, you know to come out and do what they did and to like i said i mean if you remember the 1983 uh, you know if you watched any of that footage if india beat them and really it was like the the clash of like the middle class warriors <laughs> right like you know outside of all the other white countries that failed to make it yeah. but it it was about that so a great film that i think that you know i think captures uh, so many different aspects you know today we're just watching all kinds of sport uh, there are great american films on football yeah. baseball basketball uh, not very many uh, films on on cricket and yeah, uh, yeah i'd highly recommend so do they do they interview those guys now as in like how do yes everybody now? so you know everybody from that part or that generation of caribbean cricketers who are still yeah. there around now and of course they're in in extremely important positions uh, some not but uh, 
such impactful cricketers right mm-hmm. and uh, i mean i if, for me as a kid if i watched any of those cricketers i would just wonder what are little sunil gavaskars and yeah, you know those toy kids my god like they looked so big Huge. and menacing yeah. but yeah. they would play such a they were 7 uh, feet it was not a violent game you know it's not but at the same time to have like someone throw a ball like yeah. at you at yeah. that pace but you know yeah. the way uh, footballers look or the way basketball baseball players or basketball players look the big tall big dudes mm. cricketers don't look that kind of sportsmen which is nice because the skill is different correct a lot of people debate that you know yeah. like is cricket like worthy of like being termed as a sport you know especially with a lot of other competitive uh, sport especially say like for example formula 1 hmm. you know your skill sets yeah. hmm. or your general response time on things is hmm. so quick that one one silly mistake could kill you Mm. potentially kill you right uh, cricket is, is not it's not that you know a ball could obviously hit your Correct. face or you know it could hit you in the abdomen but the thing mm. is that you're wearing a lot of protection yeah. you're always guarded for all of these kind yeah. of things but not sponsorship also on uh, uh, as but well I think, so I think cricket requires more hours put in in a in a single game absolutely sustaining yourself through an 8 hour game yeah. on a daily basis right is i think even playing 3 hours of cricket but the skill you can basically just go for 6 and 4s and not run at <laughs> all that never happens but the bowlers also Guys, hey Arvind Silva or Arjuna Ranatunga they yeah, were Aratunga. like the champions of uh, my mom told me that they were the first four years of my life <laughs> why is that because you were just slow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we play so much cricket yeah. right in india like we how yeah, come like and i think lagan you know is by far one of the best but of course it's a period film it's, it's got very so much cricket fiction movies i mean Absolutely. not technically fiction but cricket movies that are not biography like right now we have adhoni and uh, uh, yeah is he yeah. sachin sachin yeah. azhar azhar is there what other yeah. movies there uh, ikbal yeah also very nicely done yeah. very again but you know like aspiration yeah. so obviously you know what it takes for yeah. you to i mean so many things going against you yeah you're from some small town mm. where are you going to find the right kind of people to you know help train you, you train you yeah. uh, you know all of these kind of things but again nicely done film but uh, uh, i think what fire and babylon is really about is like i said you know the the legacy of cricket the you know about about what people uh, perceive mm. of the sport and that's why you know in my initial comment as i said it is a white collar sport like right. just like tennis is correct mm. you know uh, you need to have uh, spaces to play in you need to have, you need to have gear you need to have many things yeah. unlike a third world sport like football where 22 people or 10 20 people are playing with one, one ball, ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. uh, whether you play bare feet whether you play you know yeah. with gear or not or yeah. what is not yeah. uh, that's why i know like when we play gully cricket if one kid goes me bat leke ja raha yeah. then all of us have to like e- nahi nahi tu ek aur bar khel please <laughs> yeah. so we can like equipment cost for uh, entry into sports is a big thing and yeah. if you can't afford to like tennis of course so expensive and the game and all and that kid who takes bat never becomes a cricketer <laughs> anyway so like what are you doing yeah. where can one watch the documentary now is it uh, freely so, available uh, it's not freely available per se but yeah but I if you want to find it you can find it you can find it you know where yeah you know where to find where it where to find yeah. it yeah you'll know where to find <laughs> it you'll know what we say but like, <laughs> if, if you want to seek it out there are ways there are ways the universe will show you a way All right, so um, I'm going to recommend a TV show, um, and as I mentioned, as I get into season time, I really seek mm-hmm. out the the really sweet, bittersweet <laughs> family dramas that uh-huh. make me cry and stuff. I love it because I love I love shows that do a Thanksgiving special, a Christmas <laughs> special, a heartwarming uh, come coming together of the families. Mm. Um, so the show I'm going to recommend is called Speechless. I started watching it this Monday. I am now twenty two plus seven episodes down. 
Uh, How much television do you watch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 22 plus 7 is 29 episodes from Monday where on Thursday. Thursday. It's been good. <laughs> I was unwilling bed for three days. I could not complete half of that. Punisher, are you watching? Yeah. Finished. I saw you tweeting about Punisher. Done, done. Okay, let me get back to Speechless. <laughs> so, uh, Speechless is an ABC family show. So, very much, you know, um, driven by the sitcom 20-25 minutes of, of really quick comedy. So it focuses on a family that has, is focused around a special needs kid who has cerebral palsy. So this kid is uh, maybe 14-15. He's mm. on a wheelchair. Uh, so the whole family basically has spent their whole life learning to live around him. Everything is, you know, uh, built for him. Everything needs to be in accordance to what he needs. And his needs are always the first in the family. Uh, so it's a, the mom is played by Mini Driver, if you remember her. From ages ago in the yeah. old villain graces of the times. Uh, she plays a really like overly um, protective mom whose job, who's like like inherently become this person who fights society all the time. Like ramps need to be put up. These, she's really proactive in the space so that her kid JJ gets all mm-hmm. the attention he needs. The dad is played by um, John Bowie, the guy who plays Barry Quipke. In Big Bang Theory, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course he doesn't have a lisp in this show, uh, but he plays like a really nice dad who's down and out, but he gets it. Like when you live with a family with a kid who needs so much attention, your other things don't matter to you as much. Mm. And they have two other kids, uh, Ray, who's a I think 16 year old boy, and a uh, younger girl called Dylan. Mm. Uh, so they these guys keep moving because they need to find schools that are you know that help this kid that they have ramps. And the thing about JJ, of course, this actor himself has cerebral palsy. They've hi- like they've not cast a guy, an actor to play it. Uh, but the guy himself, his name is Micah Fowler. He can speak, whereas mm-hmm. on the show he doesn't have speech. So he uses like this board with letters to point with a laser to what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. And he has an aide who reads out what he wants. Uh, as he becomes a teenager, the challenge for his life is to want to be normal, right? He mm-hmm. wants to go to prom. He wants to get his first kiss. Uh, and all of those things are not really that easy when people only think of you as the kid with the wheelchair mm. or or like on the first episode where he goes to this new school they they crown him class president and they clap for him saying you're inspirational and it makes him really really mad he keeps flipping them off he's an awful kid by the way like I, the assumption that they're trying to make is that he's a teenager like everybody else so when everybody treats him as an inspiration and stuff he's an awful brother he's always playing pranks he's super devious he's always like trying to get his aide to google Emma Watson hot pics like he's a teenager but uh, just because he's in a wheelchair people forget that he also has the same needs as every, every other child else does. Uh, the great thing about the show is that it is so funny like they don't try to get sentimental at all which they do maybe I think once in an, a, in 10 episodes they'll do a slightly sentimental episode where they'll where he'll actually have to talk about like his future like can I be a dad or whatever but those are rare otherwise it's just back to back balls to all jokes type mm-hmm. of sitcom so I think that's the, refreshing. Yeah, yeah. The, the hook is that it's a, about a family with a special needs child, but it is not really about that child mm-hmm. that much. It is pretty much about everything else. And uh, because it, because they let the kid be a jerk to his siblings, the siblings are in an equal war. Mm. You know, they love mm-hmm. each other and stuff. They know that. And they will always help each other. But they're also equally like bullies to each other. It's a really, really entertaining family show that it somehow turns out to be super funny. It's on Hotstar. Season 2 is currently on, um, I think the 8th episode is out today. Mm. Season 2, season 1 is some 22, 23 episodes. Um, I really recommend it if you just want a really nice um, modern family replacement. Speechless. Yeah, wow. Man. Yeah. I'm a big fan of modern family. Yeah, exactly. But I still think that I, uh, the whole family comedy 
it's a good space fun. to be in because you can do so much comedy so much also and so much character building yeah. across so many things right yeah. so all right let's do a round up navin recommended sleepers by lorenzo carcatera and kavita recommended fire in babylon and i'm recommending the tv show speechless let's take a quick break and when we come back we let's talk about food and we are back so in this segment we're going to talk about um food and cooking shows widely of course food shows are such a big big thing it's a really popular genre especially because i think there are so many varieties of things you can do with food uh, so you have your competitive shows that are your top chefs and master chefs and your british baking shows then you have the documentary type the mm-hmm. chef's table the uh, anthony bourdain's of the world then you've got your eating ones which are really not cooking like your youtube hot ones for example or competitive eating shows that are just purely man versus world type of eating like i'm going to eat the biggest sandwich and all of those so there are so many varieties yeah. of cooking shows and food shows um and even in each specific um like genre like even if you go into competitive there are shows that are like uh top chef that are with with actual chefs that are shows that are like chopped which are just random thrillers with like years five stupid things now combine and make something yeah uh, there are so many varieties on food and i always find it really fascinating because it's the one thing we cannot actually experience but we can like when you watch a singing show you can hear it you know this is a good singer you watch a dance show you can see she's yeah. a good dancer with food you have no idea what it tastes like so you're really dependent on the descriptive words that the judges use or that the audience uses and plating yeah like it's visual it's only it's so, so visual yeah you're not even you have no idea what the main thing about food is tasting and you can't do that and yet the profession seems to be such a big thing on television these days yeah but then like imagine the first time you ever watched any of these uh, american or hmm. italian food yeah. foods on on tv or film yeah. and imagine how it tasted in your brain Correct. and then you actually going and trying it must have felt something else i always try and recreate very bad versions of those <laughs> things because also like really dumbed down versions like yeah. if i watch a british baking show i want to eat that cake on tv but i can't really make that i can make a microwave brownie i'll yeah. make that i didn't know i don't know what a scone was <laughs> oh, until yeah. i started watching uh-huh. the show <laughs> yes yeah so i mean i think the thing about cooking shows and why they work in general is because it is such a calming experience to watch mm. something like that not that com- the competitive shows are not are also stressful like top chef is quite stressful sometimes uh but there is such a uh, universal universality what yeah. is this word yeah, that i'm inventing for food that like you don't really need to know anything about it, it to watch a show it's all boundaries in general yeah. because when i used to be at home uh, in the, in the summers masterchef australia would be on tv and i'd be watching and my mom is like lunch is served and i'm like oh now i have to eat <laughs> moong mo- and chapati <laughs> while watching someone do like food every time aspirational for us na yeah, food show yeah. to become aspirational absolutely though i ensure that if i want to watch a food show i have a plate of food mm. in my hand yeah because i cannot like there's <laughs> no way i remember masterchef australia if i'd want to have dinner at 8:30 i'd just be like no i'm going to wait till 9 <laughs> it's because a trap, i should be yeah complete. i can't even watch instagram videos without wanting to immediately eat something yeah, eat that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every time i go to instagram popular explore page and there's a i'm like if i watch this i'm going to have to order something And this or, is not a good time. Are they marketing it properly to stoners? I think mm. that's the one way of. I don't think they're marketing to stoners at, at all. all actually, at yeah, all. they want more like serious. I mean, especially I, I'm talking about like a master chef mm. Australia or whatever, mm. right? Skill set, everything, yeah. you know, mm. purpose, all kinds of things, right? So stoners can. So let's go. <laughs> let's go into one category first, okay? Let's do documentaries that are like food based around chefs and around amazing 
travel type shows mm. obviously chef's table is the one i can really recommend because i love that show mm. and it was really popular right like because of the way it combines classical music with yeah. food yeah. and making and, and it like this is an yeah, art form that you don't have to do moving yeah. and doing that magic it's a, I, I think the thing that makes food shows is really how they are filming it and how that has changed. Yeah. You could easily put a camera on a plate of sandwich and wouldn't look good unless you did it in a beautiful way. Yeah, we and have, I think we had those old Julia Child days. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. What are the What are the food documentaries? Do you, like documentaries. I recommend one you? recently called yeah. Cooked, Correct. which I really enjoyed because it explores food from the ang- from the angle of elements mm. and stuff. And the more you watch it, like the more you understand how important, like even fermentation. Yeah. Like the last thing is focusing only on fermentation, I it, yeah. and I was it's like, the soy sauce one, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Because like we don't realize the importance of bacteria sometimes. Yes. And how it helps us create food and stuff. So that was eye opening for me. Chef table again, and having dated chefs mostly. That somehow like always been a side of like where mm. I've get gotten to see mm. how these guys prepare food, how much of it goes like you know in terms of preparation and anticipation and yeah. cooking and getting the right kind of stuff. So uh, what what a cook or a chef does is they, they yeah. take a whole bunch of something and create something so magical, magical out of it that you have to amaze. That's yeah. that's a form of art. Like yeah. even our moms for that matter, we're so. In love with our moms from the very beginning because we know they are the providers. They're gonna give us food. Yeah. So we almost like when we are kids, we hang on to their kurti or to their maxi. Correct. Because we can see the the tomato in the fridge, but we don't really can't make an edible yeah, out of yeah. it. Yeah. So you know that that can, magic yeah. will come from that hand. You know, yeah. that, like that that fresh roti that yeah. comes from from her palm right into the table, and all these things like take you back in time, but also help you like understand the importance of this one thing mm-hmm. that we all have in common is food. Yeah. Right. Like people have small talks around food. Yeah. And all the time. Because, like we go to weddings and people stand and like eat and then like talk to random strangers. You could probably like, leave a wedding just really miffed because the food was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would. I mean, yeah. I, I bake a lot and I know what you're saying about mm. you know just this creation of something magical out of nothing. Yeah. Uh, you start with four four things on the table yeah. and you know two hours later you have something that you can. Devour, share all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think food is 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 magical. Though today I'd like to recommend uh, a documentary again, actually called Zero Dreams of Sushi, 2011 American documentary uh, made by David Gelb. Yeah, he's uh, the same guy, guy who made the Chef's, chef's Table. table. Yeah. So again, and and this is about uh, a sushi master. Mm. Zero, no, and uh, and the legacy that, I mean, he runs a, a Michelin star restaurant in Tokyo, mm. and it's all a ten seats, uh, probably the most expensive sushi experience you can buy yourself, and the film basically showcases him, uh, and his his idea of perfection, and uh, and 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 just like his the obsessive imp- idea of perfection. crazy obsessive yeah. idea of perfection. My yeah. God, like those shots again. We were talking about like how food gets featured and captured today. Even if you are a vegetarian, mm. and if you watch a film like that, you'd just be very, very curious to know whatever that flavor that you know that that's obviously being packed in most of the things that he's doing, right? And uh, no, again, so you know, it's about it's about Jiro and and his two sons, mm. and how tough it is to like you know like follow a certain uh, you know ideology legacy. Yeah, yeah. I mean mm. these are I mean this is Jiro's idea of how he wants to serve you know his. Food to to uh, to the people that are coming to his restaurant, and to how he's going to pass on, you know, just all the pressures of of his own yeah. legacy onto his, his children, son, yeah, right? Yeah. If you watch the film, you know, one of his sons has spent like 
ट्वेंटी ईयर्स जस्ट मेकिंग सुशी राइस जस्ट चैंपियनिंग दैट आई मीन एंड यू नो वी स्पेंड लाइक वट एवर यू नो फिफ्टीन मिनट्स ट्वेंटी मिनट्स मे बी अ डे ट्राइंग टू अटेम्प्ट लाइक गेटिंग लाइक द परफेक्ट एग बट दिस गाई स्पेंड दैट मच टाइम जस्ट परफेक्टिंग सुशी राइस इन द फर्स्ट एपिसोड आई थिंक ऑफ आई वी एम लाइक आई रिकमेंडेड दिस डॉक्यूमेंट्री नाउ विच हैज दिस जीरो पैरडी विच इज एक्चुअली रियली पैरडी इज हिज आइडिया ऑफ परफेक्शन बिकॉज दे लाइक दे Uh, he has to like you to rub the chicken for 25 minutes and you to throw it out of the cannon into the wall and they just make these stupid uh, traditions that you have to do and it's done really well because they know that the obsession is such a inherent part of who he is because is you know this i'm going to make this perfect kind of food hmm. uh, it doesn't leave too much for spontaneity obviously uh, but that is what the the movie tries to portray about these chefs that have really gotten their craft down to one thing and they know exactly what they're doing and now they are so goddamn obsessed about it and that's <laughs> like you know like it's it's again because i call it an art because like in any artist like you have to like sing covers or do all this stuff to find your own yeah, music yeah. right your own voice for comics also or for like anybody else even chefs like they, they prepare everything that is, they have yeah, been taught yeah. and then one thing that they like really make well yeah. everybody comes for that yeah. absolutely so that it becomes their you, own thing yeah so all of that i think it's finding becomes, a personal style no in absolutely also yeah. like your like your signature yeah. you know that obviously things that you you make the best and yeah. when you're like in your most perfect mood also it's like cooking baking or whatever is, is mm. very energy channelizing right so mm. and you can see that in most of these films or documentaries yeah, that exactly. you watch right the because there are people that. that are almost obsessing over that little yeah. plate of whatever they are putting out and mm. uh, yeah i think it's yeah. it's quite so documentary space i think the reason why they become so popular is because they've changed how they shoot them i think that's the big thing Absolutely. about it it's become yeah. better much yeah now let's talk about the competitive ones which are my favorite <laughs> uh i watch them all i watch top chef i watch master chef i watch chop hell's kitchen i want i watch hell's kitchen i watch that the one on netflix that they are really pushing out now is that big family cooking showdown which is families of britain competing oh. on home cooking Okay. And being judged by Michelin chefs, but really nice because like so many um, families come and they always have their stories, right? So there's always like this family came from Ireland or this family came from India and this family came from Pakistan, and how they all encapsulated uh, their own cooking into British cooking. So like um, really, really, really good stories. But the thing that makes cooking shows interesting, right? Now there are obviously different kinds. Like I said, if you want the chopped kind, which is twenty minutes of bang, 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 super thriller, hmm. those are really entertaining to watch. When all you need is a, you know, when you have reality show thirst, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. When you just want to watch, I don't want, I don't care about what the food they're cooking because it never looks that good. Because but the idea is they have a box, mystery box yeah. that has f- like five. ridiculous things yeah. like coffee powder gummy beans oatmeal anything bullshit and you have to have to make a dish out of it it doesn't look that good but i'm not going to that for looking good i'm just going to oh my god H- how will his eggs are going to be poached he doesn't even have time to fry those eggs oh my god uh, so always that flip no like yeah, something like exactly. he forgot to turn the the cooler on or something <laughs> yeah. yeah i forgot to turn the oven on yeah. yeah whereas top chef on the other hand which does so much uh, with real actual chefs who want to be better chefs i find top chef to be a real soul enriching experience because uh, all of these guys are soup like they've already worked in the space for many years and they know what they want and they're creative they're super creative i love top chef like it's one of my favorite reality mm. shows and they are what 16 seasons now yeah. like it's genuinely good they've got the format down yeah. pat so i think the format that doesn't work in india is masterchef honestly like masterchef india mm. even though they do well ratings wise 
and it has been exciting because this season they obviously they've gone all veg Uh, I don't get that. Yeah, it's because it's like how much technique like can I that's apply what I'm to? I actually watched the wedge one, and it's not that bad because it is an interesting thing to see what they'll do with literally your options. Oh. Vegetables for everything. everything. But season entire season is veg. The whole show is vegetarian because it's. I think it's an Amul sponsor. Amul type sponsor. Oh that thing. I also think it has uh, something to do with. I mean, like yeah, if yeah. it's interesting and all. That's okay. But it is interesting like, to see because it is like I didn't know you could do so much with water sure, banger. With banger, yeah, yeah, exactly. How <laughs> much? It's challenging. Man. Though at the yeah. same time, I. You know, it's not a good judge of a chef. You, we can only do vegetarian. <laughs> Like, yeah, what is and my thing you, is you, you know how can we not have <laughs> you can pass this show. No, my thing is how can we not have a good food show? Look at the number yeah. of cuisines and states and everything we have, right? How can we not have a variety of no, uh, yeah, of, of the kind of things? I go to YouTube channels to like check out barbecue roasting and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I like roasted pigs and stuff. So like if you I think are in India the food reason food show TV shows don't work is because I don't think people see the appeal of not getting a Seeing a challenge on it, like my mother watches food, food and all of that all the time. Just please in the background for her to have Maria Goretti make some make rubbish, something. you know, or that chef, the Sardar chef who's always on that channel. <laughs> oh, that Namak Samak guy. Yeah. Oh my God, he talks so he's much. He's really annoying, uh, and really he's also only like putting your dal makhani. Yeah. Uh, tandoori roti. But I think for for people who watch in television, which is mothers and wives. I think for them, like the majority of the women who watch it, I don't think they want to learn something out of it. They want to cook that it, same thing. I don't think Indian food shows really are skill based because I think, see, as as kids or I mean, our legacy of food, right? Taste is mm. is obviously most important because technically, if you put a uh, uh, put some dal in a bowl. It's not the most appealing uh, sight per se, or mm. uh, you know, like if, if you watched all these international mm. shows, right? Uh, it's uh, almost every element of that show that you will enjoy the most is is this in-depth prep hmm. uh you know you see a lot of like uh, you know food things or items that you would probably not see here hmm. so you'd always wonder what it was like to probably you know use uh you know a particular fish that you know is obviously being sourced only from the atlantic yeah. or you know and and how how do you work on all of those things right with vegetables and because it's like a global thing right yeah. you get vegetables all over the world and you seem a little like restricted towards how how you can actually use them i'm i'm sure most vegetarians will will disagree with me uh you know there like there's enough and more uh, uh skill and whatever mm-hmm. to you know deal with paneer well or deal with potatoes well or whatever but i also think that you know international shows just open your eyes up like to like and i'm sure they're doing it like master of australia i'm sure is doing this to australians as well yeah i think the reason indian shows are not skill based is because uh we don't have that recipe writing culture we are very much like i i know how my grandmother makes it mm. no but you know what now is when you're going back and if you see some of the books right mm. there are the most popular food books in our country they are actually pu- were published like way back in the 70s 60s 70s yeah. mm-hmm. uh you know uh, i have two south indian tamil uh, you know uh, books because i really like southern food and they were published i mean you know now yeah. they make their money on republishing the yeah. same stuff it's yeah. like apparently what i mean this is what a, a, a tamil friend of mine told me that this is a part of what you would give your daughter when she marries because hmm. these are like two books that you will need like for the rest of your Correct. life and oh, these i are, have like, one of those my mother yeah. has one of those like ha- there are hundred and notes on the side yeah. we only bring it out on festival cuz we don't know how to make those things festival stuff right. yeah, i think every mom has those yeah. like, like small little bookmarks Which because we're always 
always writing uh, recipes yeah, actually. Yellow also from the side. Yeah, because, yeah because haldi haath. Some haldi haath, yeah. <laughs> Which brings me to the next part of what I think of as uh, food shows is um, the YouTube generation of eating, right? Yeah. Indians are on a bigger in YouTube food. Huh? Like there are so many Indian YouTubers that are cooking really traditional Indian food because my generation is not going to know how to do them and I'm going right. to go to YouTube to find this. Yeah. YouTube is the best place for food shows. The best. Uh, from if you're dr- trying to get a learning show which is like your Bon Appetit has that It's Alive which is a uh, mm. testing kitchen and like Hot Ones which is a really different but just an eating food like the way they talk about those hot sauces. Mm. I would never eat it but it is such an interesting um, concept and show and the way people judge those guests for like you know like DJ Khaled apparently couldn't eat past three wings yeah. and I was like that dude is such a failure uh, whereas Padma Lakshmi could eat all and she had no issue at one point she just put a hot sauce bottle into her mouth <laughs> yeah I can do spice yeah I think yeah. that's I think that's what um, has made food so different for us is mm. that eating is a sport eating is a casual activity mm. my parents didn't go out as much to eat it was a big indulgence so right. you're not as exposed to other cuisines that we are just by watching stuff so when I watch a master of Australia and they make something that's either a scone or a souffle or whatever I know to go and order those things because I want them and yeah. I can afford them yeah. so that has changed how we interact with food itself I think that's happened actually I think with with like the the 20 somethings mm. right because technically if you would want to take like your parents or grandparents out you're pretty much going out and eating what you would eat at home Shivsagar uh, yeah, not even Sagar. I'm saying that you know if you're slightly if like I would I, I would take my Maharashtra grandmother out I would take her to a Maharashtra thali yeah. joint yeah. Mm. because for her that is what is you know that yeah. she yeah, knows and understands and my family goes to Indian food exactly. all the time yeah exactly you're at not going out and experimenting fusion depending Which if it's is, a birthday life, like we'll go to your masala base or whatever ooh. or like Bombay canteen as a big thing right but again Indian, Indian food fusion. and yeah. uh, that is just done differently yeah. my yeah. folks are still like they'll, I'll take them to Pizza Express they'll have half a pizza come home and eat dal chawal oh same right. uh, we'll go to Bombay canteen for dinner yeah. we'll come home my dad will eat dal chawal before sleeping because yeah. otherwise just, the, it's not dinner, dinner it's yeah. not food <laughs> yeah that's a weird thing I think the thing that the reason why these shows are now in our space of pop culture and consciousness because we've changed our outlook towards food completely yeah. so once in a while you know Netflix does that um, so many shows added 36 new shows added and if you mm. really go to see they're all rubbish <laughs> but once in a while there'll be like one genius so I just started watching this show called Deep Fried Masters started watching I finished it uh, <laughs> there are only like I think there are three your seasons only competition is you <laughs> yeah you're your only competition so Deep Fried Masters there are only three seasons <laughs> I thought she was going to say there are only three episodes or three specials or something like that so the show, uh, you know, in uh, America, there are these big state fairs that are really popular, like the Texas State Fair or whatever. And it's like a week and people make so much money there. Like it's like some people apparently only work at that fair the whole year mm. and they do nothing, nothing else, else because people spend so much money in these places. Like they make those funnel cakes and whatnot. So Deep Fried Masters is just before uh, this a state's carnival. They go there and they do this contest or what can you fry? And there are these three judges and they're really famous judges apparently because one of them is super, is a legend for having fried uh, butter for the first time. Like fried butter, My selling God. fried butter. One guy sold uh, fried cactus and really changed the game in the state fair uh, situation. God. Edible cactus. Yeah, just fried cactus bits. And so then they have these people and they fry whatever they can. And like it's a real skill, right? Because the batter has to be perfect. Absolutely. It has to be on a stick. Is it uh, carnival friendly? And these guys will fry anything. 
anything like from alligator to like fried beer i was like how is that even possible <laughs> how do you do that man? i don't know and then this one girl did this thing that one i think that episode was she took uh, mac and cheese with a beef patty put it in between two slices of french bread toast fried the whole thing put some syrup on it like a savory dish with mac and cheese and beef patty in it it was so disgusting looking she totally won that i think well, i think it'll be hard attack on a plate my god like yeah. mac all of and it cheese is, and patty all of it and looks fried crazy like it's oh my so god. deeply like literally deep fried masters what is the challenge can you deep fry this like that i actually watched one of these carnival <laughs> food uh, specials and someone was deep frying watermelon <laughs> yuck you know like wedges of watermelon on a stick and then you obviously drop them in batter and fry them and i'm like why would i want to fry watermelon yeah deep fried cupcakes just oh my god that's yeah like a sweet batter but just artery clog it's on a bitter note now <laughs> sorry all, all <laughs> no it's an entertaining show <laughs> cool we'll check it out and then hit food more now all right that was the end of the episode guys uh we'll come back next week and since we are again at the end of the year um we're going to do our last episode which is of the year which is going to be our favorite pop culture moments of the year right mm. favorite not favorite shows or favorite movies just moments that have happened uh so if you have any please tweet to us at ivm podcast we're on facebook and twitter and instagram uh find us let us know help us make this list please and then listen to the episode and tell us if all our choices were wrong please. yes and we'll make a naughty or nice <laughs> list at the end of the year <laughs> oh we know who the naughty list is already like the world is full of it Oh, yeah it's upsetting so be nice <laughs> bye bye